What is up, security gang? Welcome to another episode of the CISO Talk podcast. It's a backwards episode today. You're saying, what do you mean backwards? Like, are you going to start at the end and go to the front? No, 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 not at all. I've got someone on who I consider to be the CISO marketing whisperer. She's genius. Uh, one of my favorite people just started her own brand new podcast. Um, she's got one of the funnest shows I like to watch was Chris Roberts. Um, and I brought her here to kind of do a backwards episode. So I was recently on her podcast and I was just like, Danny, I got to have you on the new season of CISO talk. Cause I want to do stuff differently, not just have CISOs on all the time. And Danny was kind enough to come on the show. She was like, sure, I'll do it. So today we're going to be talking about what do we as CISOs need to understand from the folks who are marketing to us. And where do we need to be more understanding and where do we need to hold to a higher standard? And I couldn't think of anyone better to bring on than my friend, Danny. So without further ado, let's bring her on. CISO talk time, folks. Tune in, buckle up. 30 minutes of wild rides. Here we go. From the Cyber Hub Bunker in studio, you're listening to the CISO talk podcast. No sales, no bullshit, just straight talk, straight talk. And now for your host and CISO. James Azar. The magnificent Danny. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. And you weren't kidding. I mean, J-A-Z for sure with that intro. <laughs> One That's take only. Cool. Get me in the studio and just give me a beat and I can make it rain, right? That's how you do um, it. That's how H to the Izzo came, right? Like... People don't understand that H to the Izzo, which was probably one of the top listened songs in, in what, 2000 and in the era from 2000 to mm -hmm. 2010. Is that right? I think, yep. right? Mm -hmm. Was a one take song where Kanye West dropped the beat and Jay-Z came in and he recorded it in one take and that was H to the Izzo. No, no editing, no nothing. It's just, that was it. That's awesome. Well, well done. I love it. Um, that's how you should do it. I yeah, think. one take only, right? Yeah. So, Danny, welcome to the show. Thanks for being. Thank you. Thanks uh, for having I'm really me. excited for today's episode because we got two podcasters, so we're talking in our podcaster voice, right? So we totally sound like a real crime podcast. Like, <laughs> hey, everyone, this yeah, story well, is unbelievable. It's about cybersecurity marketing. <laughs> we will be talking about some crimes that we experience today. Yeah, some crimes that marketers do, where yeah. if there was a marketing prosecution. It definitely no. be up for trial. Um, uh, we we have we have the jailhouse on WTF. So yes, that's for sure. <laughs> and we have the warden, Mr. Roberts. Yeah, Mr. Ready. Roberts. He he is by far the best warden for this kind of stuff. My mm -hmm. favorite Chris Roberts comments, by the way, on LinkedIn is when someone will say hackers did this, and you'll just see him say, hackers didn't, criminals mm -hmm. did. Mm -hmm. I bet yeah, you he's got that like on copy paste somewhere. Like he's got yeah, it on yeah. a notepad. Yeah, yeah, he has his uh, his templated responses and emails uh, saved on his desktop for sure. Love it. Cool. So, yeah. Danny, for those who don't know you, why don't you quickly just give him a little background into how you ended up getting into cybersecurity? Yeah, for sure. So, again, thank you for having me, James. Um, my name is Danny Wolf. I'm the CEO and founder at Audience First. I've been in tech marketing for about 13 years or so, uh, right when I landed in Tel Aviv, 
jumped into startup world as a B2B tech marketer, worked in different verticals, uh, uh, selling, you know, different technologies for different industries. And about five years ago, I ventured into cybersecurity, took the, took the leap, found a great position at a startup um, focusing on micro-segmentation and network segmenta segmentation, loved what they were doing there, believed in the technology, did some research, and that was my first uh, gig as a cybersecurity marketer and, and love, been loving it ever since. So, so how important for you as a marketer is the product? Very important. Um, one, from a innovation standpoint, uh, it, it just helps sell, sell better to the buyer. Um, understanding the product, being able to understand the product is critical as a marketer as well. Uh, we'll get into some of those challenges uh, a little bit later um, in terms of understanding things in security as a marketer. But um, I think, you know, I've done my my research as a cybersecurity marketer, moving different positions in different startups. I've done my research to understand, is this a useful product? Is it actually helping the practitioner do their job? Is it alleviating the stress and pressure and the challenges that they're going through? Or is it just fluff? So if it's just fluff or adding to the noise in, in terms of the techno technology and the complexity, then I'm not I'm less inclined to to work for a company that that tar you know creates a product like that. So it's critical for sure. How many marketers do you think actually go through the process of studying the product or marketing, looking at it from a practitioner perspective before really kind of stepping out into creating content or or pushing the product out? I don't think I could say how many, but maybe not enough, I'd say. Okay. Um, you know, you have the product marketer who's who's tying in the product story to your your campaigns, understanding the audience, that kind of stuff. But um, you know, translating um technical specifications to to you know, lingo that you could use within within your marketing uh, campaigns and websites, so on and so forth. I don't think um enough marketers within different functions in the organization understand the product, understand technology, understand the industry well enough in order to translate product to business goals and business challenges of the practitioner. So, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, I consider this to be the greatest debate in security. Whose responsibility is it um, to explain that to the marketers? Is it the practitioners or is it the company or is it the marketer? Right. But you know, one of my, uh, one of the things I enjoy and dislike simultaneously is kind of that, that, that blame game of, well, we're just trying to sell a product and <laughs> you know, you're just overwhelming us with, 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 with all kinds of different things. Where do you think the balance should be? Um, in terms of the responsibility within the industry to, to responsible marketing and, and understanding that companies have to sell a product. Yeah, so I think I think there's a responsibility responsibility for each camp. Um, I think there's deep responsibility. Most of the responsibility has to come from the marketer. I think marketers have to have um, 
have to sh have this inner shift in terms of remaining curious, being relentlessly curious to learn. If, if you're not curious to learn, then this job's not for you. Um, knowledge, you know, attaining and retaining knowledge is absolutely key in this industry. Um, I think there's a big responsibility on the, the founder and the, the organization that the marketer is working for to train the marketer and the GTM team, I'd, I'd say, um, on the industry, on the buyer and on the product and how it ties into the experience of the buyer. Um, equally, I think that the practitioner should take responsibility uh, on um, training the, the actual marketer or the GTM team as well. I would say that there should be less of an emphasis on their part because they have a job to do. But I think part of their job is being open to helping those who are trying to sell to them, being open to providing them feedback, being open to giving them resources. Hey, this is, this is what we need. Please, you know, learn this so that we're able to navigate their world a little bit easier. Yeah. There's a, I'll tell you that in my time as a CISO, I've had security partners and I've had security vendors, right? And I've had people reach out to me and go, listen, I don't want to bore you with fluff. Here's what we do. Bottom line, right? Can we have a call? And I've had other people, you know, fluff me up, right? Where they're sending constant like links and use cases and PDFs and all, you know, and unrelated news stories. <laughs> um, to problems they solve. Um, I, I do agree that we bear some responsibility. And and I've been very keen with sharing that, right? If, I, if I'm in an in-person event, I was at FutureCon here in Atlanta last month. And, you know, some, some, you know, local regional marketing people were like, well, how do you think we should be doing this? And I was like, well, you know, piece of advice is stop using the word vendor, right? Start using the word partner. Um, but how do you see... Um, kind of the evolution of cybersecurity marketing over the last five years from the moment you entered the industry to today, has there been kind of a evolution of, of sorts or do you think we're still in the growth of, of, of that kind of breaking down that communication challenges? That's a great question. Um, I think we, again, it depends how you look at it, right? I think we're strides from where we were five, five years ago, but we still have a ways to go. Um, you know, five years ago, uh, we didn't have cybersecurity marketing society, which it's, which is its own little private community of cybersecurity marketers and, and also sales professionals, freelancers as well. Um, I think they're sitting at like 1700 right now within the industry and growing. Um, we didn't have audience first five years ago, which is a podcast, uh, a, a, an audience research podcast strictly for cybersecurity uh, buyers and uh, go-to-market teams. Um, I, I don't recall the amount of resources and, and blogs and articles and books that we've had that we have today, five years ago. So we're getting there, but there's still a lot of growing we need to do on the marketing side. There's a lot of growing that needs to happen also on the practitioner side. Um, I have my opinions. They're maybe a little bit uh, polarizing, but I think, 
you know, some, some, some people, both from the marketing and the practitioner side, need to be a little bit more humble, kind of, you know, take a step back and, and, and take a look at the challenges that we're, we're experiencing now and understand that we're in this together. Most marketers, uh, you know, uh, are in this for the long haul, are in this for the mission before the money and want to help protect the world. And so, um, you know, there's a ways to go from a, from a collaboration standpoint, from a communication standpoint, for sure. But we're, we're getting there. Yeah. I think it's, uh, understand that the marketer is in your adversary, right? The marketers is, is trying to be your partner. Your adversaries are the people out there who, who really want to kind of get access to your environment. Mm-hmm. You know, what, one thing I'd like to ask you though, maybe you can give me a little insight and if not, it's okay. You know, every time, you know, there's a, there's a breach somewhere. Um, we see marketers try to kind of take that and leverage it and say, if you only had me, this would have never happened. Mm-hmm. Now you and I both know that's not true. Mm-hmm. We've spent enough time with, with Mr. Roberts to know that, you know, a cyber attack is, is kind of like an aviation accident. There's a series of errors that happen along the way that bring about the breach. No different. You know, an airplane doesn't crash because an engine went out. You can mm-hmm. fly a plane on one engine. But if the pilots make a series of mistakes and then other systems start to malfunction because of it, the plane's going to go down, unfortunately. And then the same applies with cyber. Why, why do you think so many people jump at that headline um, and use it so 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 quickly without understanding the impact to the community that it has when there's a breach? Yeah, it's it's funny. We we just talked about this an hour and a half ago on on the live WTF. Um, uh, unfortunately, we're experiencing some of those issues and in, in crises uh, right now. Um, I, I think it's lack of lack of education and lack of empathy on the marketer side. You know, there's there's this thought on the marketer side that oh, well, we have a headline, let's use it as clickbait. They're going, you know, and use FUD because they're go- they're you know in a stressful time. They're gonna they're going to definitely click on my email or my campaign because we can solve it. But no, you know, that does not work. It's blatantly said by practitioners that that does not work. I have no time. I'm a practitioner. I have no time to even look at your message because I'm dealing with these, the, these issues right now. It's just lack of knowledge and, and um, ignorancy, in my opinion, and lack, again, that lack of, lack of curiosity and empathy on the side of the marketing team and, or marketer or salesperson or pre-sales, BDR, whatever. Um, FUD doesn't work. Whoever's using FUD is not listening, um, is not doing their research, is not listening to WTF, is not listening to A1. But, um, you know, there's so many, um, you know, t- so many cases and, in, in, you know, posts on social media where, where practitioners say FUD doesn't work. But, you know, again, I need, I need to hit my mark. I need to hit my quota. So I'm going to try it out anyway because I don't know a better way. So, so is that an issue potentially with the founders and leadership of specific companies where the, you know, this kind of message, you know, is kind of, there's a saying in Hebrew, it means the mm-hmm. fish stinks from its head first. Could, could, is that more of a cultural issue to you? You know, based on your experience, right? Don't, don't pinpoint anyone or anything specifically. Mm. You think it's singular mistakes among a lot of people, or is it more of a, you know, kind of starts at the head, and, and, and really escalates downstream. Uh, I haven't experienced FUD come from the top, um, okay. not from investors, not from founders or CTOs or anything like that. Um, I've experienced 
you know, particular tactics that I necessarily agree with from the top. Um, but FUD, not necessarily. I think FUD and kind of shady tactics come from uneducated, you know, marketers and sellers. Um, I do think that maybe particular campaign, like, you know, campaign messages regarding, um, you know, terminology or buzzwords, if you will, um, have been kind of pushed hard um, on my plate from either, you know, either the founder or the CTO or sometimes even CMO, which is fine because you want to test the message out. But it's it's our responsibility as marketers to to utilize those words in context. And I've seen a fair share of buzzwords, lingo, copy used out of context. I've done it. That's that's how I met Chris, by the way. I used a buzzword out of context. Um <laughs> You got one of the famous Chris I mean, responses. It's, yeah, it's bittersweet. <laughs> it's bittersweet. I'm glad I did it, but I'm like, I never want to do it again. So <clears throat> um, I know we kind of went down a different rabbit hole there, but yeah, no, nothing from the top in terms of FUD, but um, no, I mean, fortunately. I, I think the fact that you say that is, is reassuring. Mm -hmm. So then it goes to, shouldn't the founders be a bit more in tune in terms of policy in their organization to say when company X goes through Y don't do X. 100%. Most do not. I love that you said this because I, I just dropped this episode that I, um, I had with Limor Kesim who, yeah. uh, yeah, she, she does crisis management and, um, she basically, you know, listed out how to handle a crisis and commander's intent and all that kind of stuff. Maybe we should drop it in some of the resources for this episode. But uh, yes, they should. Many, my assumption, okay, this is very strong. So many do not. And I, again, I've worked with Series B, C, C, D companies. Um, my assumption is that some of the earlier stage companies might not have that in place, but. Um, Again, I've, I've been fortunate enough to work in companies where the founder was very cognizant of what needs to happen when, when shit hits the fan, what are the steps we need to take, how do we need to communicate, who needs to communicate, what are we set up internally to handle that before it even happens. So, um, so I've been fortunate, but I know for a fact that not many, not, you know, many other startups may not have those resources or knowledge. Uh, but but you see this coming even from like big companies that are publicly yeah. traded, right? Oh, yeah. You've got, 100%. Like, you know, we talked about, the, we talk about shared responsibility, right? And security shared responsibility is a very, very true, by the way, it rings true to the entire sense of what a security partner is supposed to be doing to a CISO to their respective security teams, to the industry as a whole, right? Um, we're only as good as our supply chain. And if, if the last few days haven't taught anyone that, <laughs> I beg, I beg to argue, I beg to argue that. But when you look at, when you kind of comprehend that, that failure, I think in larger companies, you start to realize that there's an inherent almost disconnect between the founders and leaders and some of these bigger companies to the rest of their team about trickling down that. Cause I think that messaging is what creates the antagonism towards mm -hmm. marketers and messaging in general, right? Is at a times of crisis, the best company, you know, the, our favorite commercials, you know, you're a marketer, your favorite commercial after a crisis isn't the one that says these are the bad guys and these are the good guys, but it shows the beauty and badness. 
in, in a mm. horrible situation, right? Um, and I think that's something we still lack in security. We haven't figured out a way to monetize. Yeah, couldn't agree more. You know, so so your 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 experience, kind of with your podcast and everything you've been doing over the last you know several years, and I think the podcast is fairly new, right? Yeah, we're at thirty six. Yours was thirty six. Your episode was thirty six. We launched yeah. March, end of March, twenty twenty two. So oh, yeah, less than a year old. I can't believe you said 2022 because we're 2023. And I say that every morning on my show, but jeez, yeah. like it's 2023. How's time fly? It's funny. I, I, I just got a proposal for, for a particular service. And the you know, it's a 12-month retainer. And then I, you know, this this founder wrote, no, oh, into 2024. I'm like, holy crap, are you already talking 2024? So yeah, I get you. Time flies. I can't believe it's gonna, you know, it's gonna come around like real quick. Oof. So, you know, technology evolves fast, um, and practitioners, like many people, have a hard time keeping up with technology. I'm assuming marketing people have the same. How do how do you see marketing people kind of keeping up with the latest tech in order to communicate that effectively? You're talking about security tech? Yeah, I'm talking about just technology in general, right? Mm, like technology in general. I mean, we've watched the last year with AI and quantum kind of mm -hmm. take center stage. Stuff that, you know, we used to talk about four years ago. And it used to be kind of just like, a, well, we're 10 years away. And mm -hmm. here we are, 2022, end of 2022. Yeah. Um, quantum computers in China have allegedly broken the mm -hmm. you know, RSA encryption keys algorithm. Sorry, let me repeat that the RSA encryption algorithm. <laughs> um, and now we're watching chat GBT kind of take front mm -hmm. and center. Mm -hmm. you know, how, how do you see, what do you think the challenge is going to be for marketers and security practitioners this year in terms of adapting to this new tech that's obviously going to make its way into our lives? Understanding when and when not to leverage new tech in, in the context of their product or just when, when to use new tech in period, not within the context. Like the problem is I, I feel like also same with FUD, you know, you're, you're using, um, you know, it's not really ambulance chasing, chasing. It's kind of like ambulance chasing, but you're utilizing these headlines without any context, uh, uh, into your product, right. To, to leverage the, to leverage that story. And it comes across as, you know, shady, right. Okay, you you said chat GPT in the context of my product. Well, how, right? And if you can't articulate that, then you're you're getting X by a buyer. And so I think that um I think that marketers need to do, you know, due diligence, do their homework to understand how that new technology is actually aligned to their product or not. And if it is, be very, very prepared on how to explain uh that. Uh, how to explain um, the context of of the product to the new technology? Does that make sense? It does. I, I mean, didn't really articulate that well, so you might need to well, do some magic there. <laughs> I, I don't think we need any magic. I, I, I think raw conversations have have the power of sparking conversation and have the power of sparking debate. Um, and, and the point of the show is to really spark debate. Um, and get people to think and see things differently. I mean, one thing I've taken already from you today is, is the challenge that, you know, 
marketers have no different of a challenge than practitioners do. We've got to keep up with so much of mm -hmm. everything that's going on. We've got to do so in a way where um, we still have to focus on our main roles and our main jobs. And, and, and everyone's really on the same boat fighting the same fight, but it feels like we're, we're talking a different language when we really should be talking one. I almost mm -hmm. feel like Chris and, and, and Gary and a bunch of others should all publish a book talking about, you know, the, the words marketers should use to describe X. <laughs> oh, you know, you know, that audience first is going to do that, right? I mean, yeah. Gary, Gary and Chris don't need it. Well, we'll, we'll just crowdsource all of it into one. That's what I'm saying though, is there, but, but then you got to get people to use it. Right. And I think the bigger yeah. challenge is breaking out of a shell, breaking out of a concept and an idea to use something is something completely different. I mean, even, even as, as a CISO, right. So many times, um, you're trying to solve either old or modern problems. You almost always revert to your first bad habit. That's kind mm -hmm. of goes to you know using that T-Mobile breach as a headline or using you know you know Riot Games or anyone anyone any one of the companies that are in the headlines you know over the last twenty four to forty eight hours mm -hmm. um, is is a challenge. And plus, I mean, you know, security vendors are just as big of a target as anyone oh, yeah. else's. Mm-hmm. Hundred percent. So, so what what's one thing you wish more CISOs would understand? Um, if if you could have like a sixty second monologue to talk to CISOs uninterrupted about what they should understand about marketers and cybersecurity marketing, what would you tell them? I know your job is hard. Our job is hard too because you're hard to access. So give us the time of day. You know, the response to that would be if I gave everyone 15 minutes, I'd spend all every single waking moment of my job taking calls. So, so I'd say I'd counter in, in, you know, just as you need to, you know, you know, just as you do a little bit of, we do a little bit of legwork on you, you might need to take that 30 seconds to verify the intent of that person. Right. Um, most, most of the people coming at you, yes, I mean, they want 50 minutes of your time, but, you know, if they're coming at you um, the wrong way, I mean, really wrong way, how can we educate them with alternative, right? Maybe it's like a template version on your desktop copy paste, right? I'm not saying copy paste 100 because you get 100 messages a day, but if it's really bad, maybe, maybe it, you know, it'll go a long way to teach someone how to, how to do, do something better by just saying, you know, X, Y, Z, this doesn't work. Do it this way. Right. This is what we're trying to do at WTF, but um, I know it's kind of utopian and very maybe naive or, or optimistic to think that way. But um, instead of just kind of throwing shade at us and saying, Oh, you're crap or this, this person did this or, you know, shaming someone online, don't shame that person, give the alternative. Okay. What, what could have we done? You know, what could have we done better? What could we, what is right? Yeah. What, what could have been done better? Yeah. What could have been done better? Like it's not, it's not enough to just hear bitching and complaining, right? We need to know the alternative. And um, if there's a way for you to, to, you know, educate us, right. And we talked about this education side um, from the practitioner side, Maybe, you know, throwing a post up of this is what you should do. Don't do this, but do this. 
or before and after or something like that. Give a little bit of, you know, legwork. Give us the time of day to understand how to do things a little bit better. I'd say that first and foremost. Um, and be open to feedback. Like if someone says, I'd say, if someone takes it the extra mile and says, hey, do you have, you know, do you have some time just to kind of review something that I did? Like no strings attached. I'm, I'm not trying to pitch you. Then, you know, I, I always give some, somebody 30 minutes of my time, you know, free, no strings attached if they want uh, feedback on something. Granted, I'm not a, I'm not a CISO and I don't, you know, have that much responsibility on my, on my shoulders. I do have to put food on the table, but um, I'd say be open to feedback if someone's requesting that, right? Um, I'm going to stop you there for just a second and tell you this. Um, I don't think there's a difference between the responsibility a CISO has to someone who runs a business. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, in some cases, you can argue the people who run their own businesses have a lot more responsibility than someone managing an enterprise-wide security program. Um, I've never understood the concept of, um, of, of, of I'm too busy. One, one thing I was trying to do um, when I was a startup, I was extremely busy. I took meetings that I knew would be beneficial and, and other meetings I've said like, you know, come back second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. Like mm -hmm. This isn't a valid discussion for us today. It's not a priority, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's really important to do. I think, I think, you know, the feedback piece that you talk about really resonates with me because it's something I strongly believe in. Now, can I get, can I give everyone feedback? If you see my LinkedIn, you know, my LinkedIn inbox is just as poorly managed as every other inbox I own because I'm inundated with messages, right? And 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 I think that's the other challenge. Is yeah, you get inundated, and so people don't quite understand. Like, why aren't you responding? Well, I'm inundated yeah. with 500 people just like you who want 15 minutes. I'd love mm -hmm. to give you, but if you're not solving a problem for me right now, I'm probably not responding. Mm -hmm. And and I know that's a harsh thing to listen to, but it's it's. Honest to God, truth. I'm not. I'm not a dick, and I'm not trying to get. You know, I'm not saying I'm, my job's more important than yours. And I think everyone's in the same, you know, uh, uh, race in life. We're all trying to provide for our families and do the best job we can for the companies we work for or start um, or a part of. Um, but but there has to be also that mutual understanding, right? That yeah. I know you're busy, um, but maybe someone else on your team can take it. And that's one thing I would tell marketers, right? Like you're not always going to get me, but you could mm -hmm. get whoever on my team is responsible for what your product does. And that could be a really good way to get in because if that person becomes a champion of your solution, thinking that that solution can really do well for our security program, they're going to bring it up on our daily or weekly staff meetings. Mm -hmm. um, they're going to be bringing it up when I'm doing my risk assessments as a CISO. And talking to that head and going like, "Hey, your your department is 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 it's, it's our risk appetite to what you what your team's doing is way higher than what we want it to be. So, what do you need? How do we you know mitigate this risk? What are some of the ways you and your team are thinking about? And and that's a great way to bring you in and then get that FaceTime with the CISO. But I think mm -hmm. CISO time, by the way, is also very exaggerated. Yeah, every CISO will tell you like, if I'm you know if, I, if I've got a VP or a director for whatever your product does, you probably want to talk to them before you talk to me. Mm -hmm. 100%. And many people don't understand that. Um, uh, I'm still trying to figure out why, but 
you know, many marketers and salespeople think, oh, yeah, I'll just talk to the CISO. Yeah, well, yeah, I get it. I, I see the value there. Um, but who, to your point, who's responsible for actually using the product? Who's responsible for pushing the product uh, within the team for implementing it, from for even showing it to the to the chief information security officer, right? And I, you know, sometimes it's unclear because one within the organization who reports to who, do we know that? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. What's the maturity of the team? We talked about this last time. Um, do I even know that risk is number one? You know, number one priority. I don't know. Some people don't even know that. Right. And so that education piece is critical. And that's why we're we're strong proponents for that at Audience First is understanding the 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 world of the CISO, understanding the world of information security before we can even create value. Right. This is why we're doing all the podcasts. This is why we're doing the academy. It's that lack of education from the, the GTM side that that why things are all over the place. Right. There's there's just it's just a spray and pray because there's there's um, not as strong of knowledge than it should that it sh than it should be. Again, a strong opinion and polarizing opinion there, but that's. I don't think there's anything polarizing about saying the truth. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's only polarizing if it's not the truth. It's only polarizing if it's so off a left field that it makes no sense. Um, I, th I think what what you're saying is 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 very very true. It's a lot of times people are sprung into a role. I met a company several several years ago. Uh, out of Israel that made ridiculous claims mm -hmm. <laughs> around their product. Um, and you're trying to coach these companies to not do that. And they double down and then they run out of funding and you wonder, well, why did that happen? Well, because you failed to communicate the effectiveness of what you're trying to do. Be a, mm -hmm. Don't be a cautionary tale, be a successful tale. A successful tale is listen to the market. Mm -hmm. um, and 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 you know don't 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 be radical in your messaging i think that's, yeah. that's very very important right um mm -hmm. know what you are know what you're not um and and, and be fair uh, in presenting yeah. that um, and i think a, a big one that i keep it's it's burned in my brain um it's it's one of the the first things that chris told me was was treat me like a human before you take my money. <laughs> like it's as simple as that. Well, maybe not for, maybe not simple for some people, but for humans at the end of the day, speak human, be human, be human. That's it. Yeah. Chat GBT hasn't taken over all communications. <laughs> so let me put you on the hot seat. Yeah. Three questions. Here you go. Oh, this is my, I, I can't wait to hear what you're going to answer this one with. I've got a buzzword graveyard. A lot of buzzwords are buried here, but from a marketer, what buzzword would you bury in my buzzword graveyard? Um, 100%. I love it. Or, or um, like complete the yeah. ultimate, you know, words. Love these adjectives that people come up with in marketing, right? Like mm -hmm. we're the ultimate security part solution or something you know world's like, no, best no. yeah voted world's best by who by the award you paid money to get yeah by the way every yeah, time yeah, i go yeah. to rsa and i walk around and i see people put these awards on their on their booth it's like i'm not talking to you douche i'm not doing it just not doing it walking away i'm walking away because you, you shouldn't have to pay for a good award 
Did you see the buzzword uh, report I did? No, I haven't. I got, I got to shoot that over to you. I, I, that I, over. Uh, I'll put that in the, I'll put that in the show resources. So people I mean, because I wasn't, you know, busy at black hat, <laughs> so busy, but I was like, well, this would be a good idea to do after black hat, you know, snap every vendor's booth and then do an analysis of how many buzzwords were used based on the 2022 buzzword bingo matrix. Whew. There's some, wow. It's pretty yeah. cool. It's pretty cool. Um, and the the 100% was pretty popular. Yeah, 100% seems to do something for people. It's like, uh, yeah. I feel like it's a, like a Ron Burgundy episode. Like if, if you're watching <laughs> Anchor, man. <laughs> uh, I got to watch that now. I haven't seen that in years. Yeah. The second one's so so good, dude, by the way. Like, yeah. I, th I think very few movies where the second one's as good as the first and the second one was just as good as the first. Um, so looking at your... Um, wherever you listen to music, what's the last song you're listening to? You're welcome from Disney Moana. Okay. We understand you have a little kid at home. All right. Yeah. But Hey, like I, I really like Disney. I really like Disney. I mean, I love it. I like the songs they are happy, you know, and who, who doesn't need happy these days? Um, but like in general, just FYI, like, I mean, I put a lot of like Harry Potter soundtrack in the background while I work because it's just, it's nice. Or like, uh, Hauser, the cello, the cello, cellist, 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 uh -huh. cellist, really good. Um, so FYI. You, you know who I really like is if you listen, if you like listening to cellos, there's two cellos. Have you, have you, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's Hauser. Hauser is the, is the main guy. Yeah. Two cellos. The guys yeah. There, yeah. Yeah, my baby really loves those. Cause my wife's been listening to them ever since she was pregnant. So if we mm. put one of their, like, like during bath time, she tries to relax a baby boy, which is impossible to do. And she'll put like, you know, Benedicos or something. And then the kids like smashing water to that song. And then I got to put on their ACDC rendition of something. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, and what book are you listening or reading nowadays? So I'm not reading anything right now um, that's on hold because I'm doing a lot of research and writing. Um, but the last book I read was <clears throat> Empathy in Action. And for the life of me, I, I don't recall the, the author, but I will drop it um, afterwards. Great, great book. Um, aligns with a lot of my values as a marketer. Uh, aligns with uh, the values. Oh, there's my dog shaking it. Aligns with the values of a lot of um, customer-led and customer-first uh -huh. marketers as well. So, yeah, really good book. Danny, how can people get in touch with you? So you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm always on LinkedIn. Uh, Danny Wolf, D-A-N-I-W-O-O-L-F. Uh, That's two O's and an L-F. Um, or you can check me out, uh, check out all the stuff and check me out on audience first. That's audience one ST.fm. That's the website. You can take a look at all the cool podcasts, all the cool content, uh, all the cool services, uh, I provide. Uh, yeah, I love it. And, uh, we're on LinkedIn also, by the way, doing a lot of free live episodes for, uh, cyber marketers and salespeople with Chris Roberts. So also probably peppered in throughout Chris Roberts comments and, and uh, posts too. So if you follow Chris, um, I know that he likes to drop uh, audience first in my name as well uh, when he's upset and growling at a vendor. So 
Yes. Oh, and by the way, for the CISOs who are listening in, if you are victim of a poor marketing or sales message, feel free to reach out to me at Danny, D-A-N-I, at WTF, did I just read.com. You could forward me any of the shady messages and we will anonymize it and post it on WTF, did I just read.com. So love it. Yeah, that's one of my favorite segments that you do with Chris, by the way. Cool. WTF, what did I just read? And you're like, yep, that's horrible. All right, y'all. Danny, thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. This was so insightful. Um, really grateful. Thanks for taking the time to be on the show today. Thank you. All right, folks, that's it for another episode of Sessa Talk. We'll be back next week with a whole lot more. Make sure to go subscribe on your favorite podcast. Sessa platform. Find us on YouTube at CyberHub Podcast. Tune in daily, Monday through Thursday, 9 a.m. for the CyberHub Podcast Practitioner Brief. Till then, have a great rest of your day. Whenever you're listening in the world, Good evening, good morning, good night. Most importantly, stay cyber safe. Cheers, y'all. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends and colleagues. And get all the latest information at cyberhubpodcast.com.